Hey folks, welcome to Press Box Talk. Uh, I am your host, the personality, and I have with me the specimen. And on today's show, we are going to give you a little dose of everything. Um, we're going to give you some NBA, NHL, uh, NFL. Uh, we're going all over the place, MLB. So uh, with that being said, I'm going to let the, the specimen hit a homer today. Yeah, I'm going to start it right off with MLB because it's been a little bit <clears throat> since we touched on that. So right now, just going over the quick standings for everybody going into the weekend. Tampa Bay's up on top of the American East. Boston Red Sox and Yankees are there behind with Blue Jays back six games. So then we flip down to the Central. The White Sox are in the lead with the Cleveland Indians in second. Royals in third, seven and a half games back. And then the Tigers and Twins way down there. And then as we switch to the West, I got the Athletics in first, but the Astros nipping at the heels one game back. And then the Mariners six back, Angels six and a half back. And the Rangers way out of it. So the thing to touch on in the AL, I think right now, the Angels have slipped without Mike Trout. And then I've kind of seen the Central go how I originally thought, other than the Twins. Tigers have a lot of young people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, can you hear me, buddy? Yeah, yeah, you're good. I think that uh, the Twins are the team that's probably the biggest disappointment so far in the AL. Probably them and the Angels. Angels have the injuries. Twins will have Kenta Maeda coming back next week, though, so look for that. Now, what just happened was Seattle Mariners acquired Jake Bowers from Cleveland Indians. We'll see how that goes. His batting isn't very good. He's been hitting 190, so that's kind of just a slow day in the office for trades. Um, moving into, I know for our Canadian viewers, their favorite division, the Tampa Bay uh, Devil Rays, Red Sox, Yankees, Blue Jays, Orioles. The Jays just need more unfortunately, from their pitching. They're still above 500, but they're in a tough division. The Yankees have been hot. Judge is on fire. And then Red Sox, of course, they're kind of the team that I think shocked most people. They're right in it. And then you have the Tampa Bay um, Rays at the top, which they're always very competitive. And just going forward, this is probably the division to watch in the American League. Stats-wise, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. still leading in homers. Switching sides now to the National League, New York Mets, they're at the top of the East. Braves are three and a half games back, and then you have the Phillies, and then I think the Nationals and Marlins are kind of in cell mode. They're way back there, eight games under five, and the other nine. Then the Central, this division, I have to be honest, is the one I watch the least. Cubs are at the top, Brewers are a half game back, Cardinals are three, then you got the Reds four and a half, and then you got the Pirates way down there. <clears throat> so the Pirates... They're not going anywhere. We knew that. They don't spend much. Then into our favorite uh, press box talks division, the West. Giants still running this thing. The Dodgers two back. Padres two and a half. And then the Rockies way down there and Diamondbacks way back. Touching on MLB very quickly, though. On the stat side, I just touched on the team side. I usually give you a few games to watch. I'm going to do that. I'm also going to say if you play daily fantasy or pick up fantasy, the first few are for daily. Nick Castanellis has been on fire for Cincinnati. Look at him. I really like Adam Frazier of Pittsburgh as well and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Those are three great picks. You are going to pay for those. Home run-wise, of course, Vlad, if you got money to spend on daily, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Ronald Acuna Jr. are my two favorites for hitting. And then if you look at some RBI guys that aren't as expensive, Austin Meadows is there. He's the top RBIs. Hit Cedric Mullins. You can get a discount on that. And then pitching-wise, 
if you're looking, I always try to do matchup ones, and I am going to switch over and see what games we got. So, June 11th is tonight. This is Drop Friday. I got the Dodgers-Rangers. I'm going to look at who the probable starters are just for daily, and then I'm going to give you a real quick run-through on pickups, and then we are going to switch bases. Probable pitcher. So, games to watch Friday night. I have on mine Dodgers-Rangers. Dodgers winning that one, of course. That's one for fantasy games to watch. The other one that's really interesting, I always mention this team, is the Blue Jays-Red Sox. Big, big, big series this weekend for the Jays. They need to stay in it. Another cool one earlier in the day, if you got off early, is the San Diego Padres-Met series. That one is 5-10. So that one and the Jays one are 5-10. If you need a late night one, it's looking like the Athletics Royals would be the best on Friday night. Then as I go through to Saturday, Yankees-Phillies kicking the day off at 2.05. That's a good one. The Mets, of course, play the Padres again. And then at the bottom of the day, Giants-Nationals. That's a great game to watch. The other one that I like to watch in the afternoon, Mariners-Indians. Sunday, wrapping it up. Then I'm going to go through our three days of daily fantasy. Uh, what I like here, Cubs and Cardinals, they're the night game. They're the featured game Sunday night. Big game there. And then as I float up into the day, Earlier on, Yankees-Phillies again, big series there if you want to watch something. Switch, if you want to see the Braves flip over to theirs, Ronald Acuna Jr. hot. And then the Jays-Red Sox. Technically, you could watch the Jays and Red Sox all weekend and enjoy probably the best series other than maybe Padres-Mets. Those are the two best series. Now, just quickly touching on some daily fantasy probable pitchers that I would look to take advantage of for this weekend. And then I'm going to switch just to a few pickups. What I would say going into this weekend, if you're going to play some daily fantasy, Kershaw's a fun one versus Texas. You will pay for him, though. That's a good one. I would also look at Otani. You're going to pay for him from the Angels. He's playing the Diamondbacks. That's one to go with. The other one that I would look at, especially if you're doing an earlier day daily fantasy, is it just depends. You could be sneaky and try to go sandy in Miami versus the Braves. The Braves have a lot of star power, though, and that could cost you. The other one I like is DeGrom versus the Padres. Take a risk, pay if you have to to get him. He could be worth it. And then my last one that I love that I'm going to use is Tyler Mall uh, for the Cincinnati Reds. Those are my Friday picks for daily fantasy for baseball. Saturday, going through it very quickly, you're going to see that I'm exploiting matchups. Trevor Bauer, Angels, I like them over the Rangers all weekend. And then as I flip, you could also go Brewers, Corbin Burns. I like him over the Pirates. That's a take advantage of right there. And then the other one that I'm going to give you is just looking through here. I like Joe Musgrove versus the Mets. I would go on that one. Then the last one for Sunday for pickup, if you're going to use, I would not touch Alex Wood. I have him and I've actually released him in fantasy. Crazy thing here, Mets, Marcus Stroman has been on fire. He's playing a great Padres team. I have him. I would use him, use him, use him, start him on Sunday. And then the last one that I'm going to say is, again, Walker Bueller, Dodgers. Quickly touching before we switch, though, pickups. Who do you need pickups in the fantasy world? Depending on your league, how big it is, I'm going to just give you a few that I've used. I'm in an eight-man fantasy baseball league with batting as the number one. Go Pirates if they're still available. If somebody was stupid enough to drop Hayes, third baseman, 
take him. I kept him on IR for two months. He's a good one. Another really good pickup is Adam Frazier. If he's still available somehow in your league, pick him up. Pirates again. I'm, I have three Pirates at this point. They suck, but they're getting bats. That's They're hitting. And then Brian Reynolds was my other one. Those are three guys to look into going in. Those three are over 50% owned and started, though. So then if I'm looking very quickly, I'm going to give you three, and then we're going to switch, and I'm going to let the personality touch on NBA. If you're going for under, the other thing to look at is right now is a good time to get Luis Severino. Stack him, hold him. He will be back in July for your fantasy baseball owners. Go there. Jonathan Scoop from Detroit is hot. You could look at him, picking him up. He's a little over 50. And then the other players that are under 50, because I know that's what most people like. Justin Upton, still available. Maybe look at him. He's been hot. And then I look at, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the other player that I really like, I'm just looking through the bottom part of this is, there's a lot of injuries right now. So that's what people are looking at. And Detroit again, Eric Cause, Tigers, if you need a catcher, he's a good one. He's really hot right now, and he's doing very well for them. They're not winning. Don't go off of who's winning in fantasy baseball. You need hitters. That's what you need. You don't need people winning baseball games. And that's kind of to round it out. If people have dropped it, my last pickup that I would look into is <clears throat> just going through it. Kyle Lewis is injured, but he is out for a longer time than I believe people want. <coughs> he hasn't been as hot, so I wouldn't look there. As my last one, this is a tough one. I am going to go with, I am going to go with, I'm going to have to jump above 50 because as I'm going through here, there's nobody under. I gave you two unders. Those are the two unders I would go with. Then I went scoop. He's only 53% owned. And then I would go with Garcia from Milwaukee. He is 54. So now switching. Thank you for listening to baseball. Every time I do a touch up, it will be daily. It will be for your leagues as well. I am now going to let the personality talk on that Phoenix Suns 2-0, and and what do you think so far that you've seen in this second round of or for ba basketball? So I think the the first uh, game with that, that series, that Nuggets-Sun series, the Nuggets got smacked in the mouth. The second game, um, a lot of players on the Nuggets just didn't show up, and then they just stopped playing really in the fourth after they realized they were going to lose probably. They didn't sink their heels in and win. This was a winnable game. I'm very disappointed in their team that they, they didn't come out and play. Gordon played like shit. He played 20 minutes, one rebound, zero assists, six points. He's a starter. And then you have Rivers with uh, zero rebounds, one assist, six points in 25 minutes with zero rebounds. Like, that cannot happen. You had Porter and uh, the Joker pretty much running your offense. And let's be real, Porter is one of those players. He is not, in my opinion yet, he's not a superstar that's going to be able to steal the show for you. He's just, he's almost like, uh, he's not a bench player, but he's like, he's a reinforcement player. So he's somebody that can come in when your team is like producing and he'll just add, add to the equation and he'll make you better. But he's not somebody that's, that's going to lead your team. And uh, the Joker, like, Jokic has got to play a lot better. 24 points. He's got to be hitting at least 35 to beat these guys um, without Murray. Like, and let's be real. They're missing a key part of their team. They're missing Jamal Murray. So, yeah, they're down right now. But, like, this team is a lot better than what they've shown. 
So I think going into game three, I think the Nuggets take game three. I don't think this is a sweep. So hold your horses, folks. Denver's way too good for this to be a sweep. And the Suns were just playing run them, shoot them basketball. So hats off to them last night. Going forward now, so um, this drops on Friday. So this will already happen because this is happening on Thursday. Um, you have the Nets going up against the Bucks. I think uh, the Nets are going to sweep the Bucks at this point. I do not see the Bucks having an answer for this Nets offense. Uh, it's just clicking way too fast. And I see the Jazz going up 2-0 on the Clippers. I do not see the Clippers advancing in this. Um, you're most likely going to see a, uh, a Utah Suns or Nuggets series. Like, that's what it's going to be. It's I don't see the Clippers advancing this round at all. I don't see them having an answer for Gobert down below. Uh, and then just the Paul George uncertainty some. Some games he doesn't. So that's just – and the Utah Jazz have just been consistent. And I think that's that's something that's going to push them in the right direction. Um, and then going to um, – Yeah, that was my was, pick to go the distance. My my bracket looks pretty good on the in the NBA so far. The only ones I screwed up on so far was Denver and Atlanta. Atlanta, okay. So then, yeah, because I think uh, Utah is going to win that Clippers. I completely agree with that. And then I think Phoenix, and then I think Utah goes to the finals. And like we said, it's going to be Brooklyn in the East, I think, as we and, get talking about the East as well. And I'm kind of shocked that uh, Atlanta stole game two, to be honest. Like, I didn't see that happening. Well, it's 1-1, right, that series? Yeah, that series is 1-1. Well, so. they won the first one, and then they got blown out in the second. Who won the first one? Atlanta. I thought they won the second. No, they won the first, and then they got destroyed by about 15 points. Philly's going to set the tone. I think they will they will eliminate Atlanta. I wonder if Embiid comes back. Yeah, if that'll be the question, right? I think that's what everybody in the series is going forward. Or kind of, I just don't think the Denver Nuggets on that side, before we flip, is their defense can't handle Phoenix. Phoenix is going to run through this in five games. I said that if you did not listen to the Wednesday podcast, listen to that one. There's a lot of juice in there. And Phoenix, I just see them taking out Denver in five. And Utah, same thing, five. Maybe Kawhi can save them and get them to six. But Utah, Phoenix, Western, it will be fun. And then I think you have an insane on the east side like we're touching on now. I don't know. Do you even really want to talk on the Brooklyn-Milwaukee series other than Brooklyn just dominating and then we talk about Philly-Atlanta? I I think, honestly, I think at this point from what I've seen, I don't think any team – this year, that's this left can can stop the Nets. I I don't see it. I do not see it happening. I think the Nets. It's pretty much a walk off at this point for them. I'm going off and saying it. Yeah, I don't see them losing at this point either. I think they'll sweep Milwaukee. Maybe Milwaukee gets one similar to Boston. And then well, that'd be, be yeah, it'd be a fluke. Yeah, kind of like Boston fluked. And if I think the series is to watch, I think you're gonna have Brooklyn through. By Monday, Tuesday, whenever their games are, I'd say Brooke, by midweek next week, Brooklyn will be through, Phoenix will be through, Utah could be through, and Philly and Atlanta, it depends on if Atlanta can get this series to two and two in Atlanta. And see that, and that's what it'll come down to. And, but I don't think, like, Atlanta, they really rely on Trey Young. So if 
And Boston – or, uh, sorry, Philly's a pretty uh, defensively sound team. So I feel like they will come up with an answer just to shut Trey down a bit. And if you if you if you slow down, you're not going to stop Trey Young. But if you slow down his production in his assists and his ability to shoot the ball, well, you're taking away points literally off the table because he literally runs their entire offense. So, and I think Philadelphia will have an answer for that. I just think Philadelphia has more weapons. And the depth of their team is a, is a lot greater than Atlanta's. So I think for that reason alone, I think that Philly, it, it might be a grinder just because Embiid's not in. If Embiid was in the, in this series, th- this would be a walkout. You think it'd be just a straight-up walkout, hey? Well, I, there's Capella is not, not going to be the answer. And isn't Hunter stop. out for the rest of the playoffs for the year? Yeah. Yeah, he's done. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't see Atlanta. But I also, you and I also failed in the first round. That was one of our biggest dents. Was I picked Atlanta to and, uh, lose to the Knicks? Yeah, and that same. one makes me. That one I wish because I actually like Atlanta better. But I stuck with the Knicks and the Knicks wrote, and that made me like, ugh. But yeah, no, I don't know. That series, I think, of the four is going to be the – I think the two with the biggest possibilities would be Jazz and Clippers if the Clippers get hot. And I think the Philly-Atlanta would be interesting if those teams can get hot. I see Brooklyn and Phoenix both going to the final four pretty easily. Between the two of them, maybe they each lose a game. You think Phoenix would beat Utah? No, I'm saying right now, I think Phoenix is beating Denver in an easy matchup. Like Portland said, they were embarrassed that they lost to a team with injuries. Portland should have won that series. But you have Damian Lillard, the only guy, and now he's out possibility. Listen to that on podcast on the Wednesday one. There was a lot of talk on that that we talked on as well. No, I still stick with my original bracket of Utah-Brooklyn. From day one, I picked that. It could be, yeah, I I see Utah-Brooklyn at this point right now. Or yeah. Utah, Denver. Well, unless Denver can fucking pull their head out of their ass. I really like Denver as a team. They're so sound, but they're just No, injuries. but on the East, you see Brooklyn, right? Oh, Brooklyn. Is, I don't see anybody touching Brooklyn. And in point. the West, I see it Utah or Phoenix. And I, I, I don't know. I saw a crazy and really, stat. Go on our Facebook page. Check this out as well. I posted about Chris Paul. Zero turnovers on Wednesday night. If Chris Paul can play hot, Maybe he finally has his team with Booker. I don't know. This team looks hot. They took out King James. What if maybe they're the team that, let's put it this way, if they can play Brooklyn in the final, I will definitely be cheering for Phoenix. I will be cheering for either Utah or Phoenix regardless at this point. Coming out Okay, of- okay, okay. Because he took for, out you, King you James. Cheer, you cheer for Phoenix. That's all well and good. I'm all hats off to you. But you're pretty much, you're, you're shitting uphill there because... I don't see. Okay, who's better, Harden or Jay or Paul at this point? No, no. But what I'm saying is the L.A. series. Think of that. Most analysts did yeah, yeah. not pick Phoenix. No, Bestman here took Phoenix. I'm thinking. I didn't take fucking Phoenix. No, I know you took the Lakers, and I think you know what they took out King James and the Lakers. I know Brooklyn's on fire right now, but. Uh, it'd be good for basketball if the team that bought a squad gets into the final. Utah, that's why I picked Utah. It'd be good. Utah versus Brooklyn, a real squad that was built compared to one that just bought everything. 
it'd be good for basketball to Utah finally get one. But okay, I, like I like I like the matchup with because honestly, if it was Utah versus um, uh, the Nets, I, I think the Nets walk through Utah a lot easier than they do the Suns. But the Suns, if if it were the Suns, Devil Advocate here, if it were the Suns, you would have Blake Griffin going up against. Um, Oh my God! Who's their center? Uh, Anton. I, I like Blake Griffin all day in that matchup, and then you could put Irving, or you could put um, Harden on uh, Paul George, and then put the other one, or not, not Paul, Paul George, George uh, not Paul Chris George. Paul George, Chris Paul, and then you put the other one on Booker. So right, and then you have AD available, or not AD, KD available. And then you have Harris available still. The matchup is in the Suns do not match up well at all. And that's just their starting five. You haven't even touched the bench yet. And the bench is a lot deeper on Brooklyn than it is on uh, on Phoenix, I would say. I'd argue that. Oh, I so, would say Brooklyn is going to be the favorite to win the whole thing. And Well, I'm just looking up at matchups. Like, so for Utah, for example... Um, they could pretty much shut down um, Gobert easily because you'll have Griffin on him, and then you'll have KD helping with double, and then same thing goes for fucking uh, Mitchell. You'll have, <clears throat> sorry, you'll have Irving, and then you'll have Harding doubling him, and then you have Harris for help. I, I don't see them being able to do jack shit. Because if you remember when they played earlier in the season, they were injury-prone, um, that's Brooklyn, and none of these guys have played together yet. So with that being said, that's why it's it's almost like trickery is what basically the Brooklyn Nets were able to pull off in the sense that they didn't give anybody in the fucking league a look at their team until the playoffs, basically. And then it's like, deal with this. Well, how are you going to deal with something that you haven't seen all year and there's no footage of? You know, the only footage really would be of their practices. And you think they're going to hand that out? No. Yeah, no, I don't think so. It was like, I think it was like, almost like like such a sly move. And then even going into next year, there's nobody at this point that's done anything to be able to beat Brooklyn next year, even in the East. Yeah, no, that's kind of, I think, where people are looking. And you look at the team, and I, I don't see them. So what's wrong with the – I hate to say it, but I love to say it, I guess. It's what's wrong with the NBA, for sure. I looked at – and I'm going to go into our sponsorship real quickly here. But I look at it, and I just think, you know what? This is – you look at the NBA compared to the NHL playoffs. The NBA – there is not a team left under five in the rankings. And the way they do their rankings is basically there's two divisions. So there's one, you, the number ones are both left. The number twos are both left. The number threes are both left in both sides. And then you have the Clippers at four. And the only upset so far is Atlanta beating the Knicks, number five. So one team out of it. Then we flip to the NHL, and I'm going to touch on this later. You got a number four. And the way they work is there's four divisions. So Montreal would have been a seven or an eight 
a, a New York Islander, same thing. Both fours, Tampa Bay, a three. There's only one chance. And tonight, well, last night, actually, Thursday night, we might have just seen Colorado go out. I can't touch on it because this is recorded Thursday uh, morning. You might not have one number one left. This is why hockey people always said Canadians, oh, they love hockey. This is why we love it. We got different squads in there. You can't buy a squad. You got your squads, these teams, teams out of nowhere, the bottom seeders. The equivalents for our fans out there that listen to us, it would be like the Boston Celtics, the Memphis Grizzlies, or the Washington Wizards. Two of those teams being in the final four. You will never see that in the NBA. You will never see it again. The NBA every year is the same bullshit. And this is the frustrating part. Because what's going to happen is the teams that already lost are already talking about getting players. Golden State, they were the nine. I heard they're going to try to get Perzingis or whatever from Dallas because he's upset. Rumors last night were floating. So the Splash Brothers will be buying him. It's just buy, buy, buy. That's the NBA. And if you don't love it, it's we've touched on this many times. Love the NBA, but I also hate the NBA in some ways. Brooklyn is the perfect example of, and people will say, Steve Nash, I could coach that team. I love Steve Nash, not bashing him. I could coach that team. You just spend, spend, spend. And if you go back a few weeks ago, I touched on how every team in the NBA but three is millions of dollars over the salary cap. It's a joke. Yeah. It's a joke. And, and nothing happens to them. That's the thing. No, there's not one team left in it now because the Knicks were out. The only team in the playoffs that was under the salary cap was the Knicks, and they got beaten four, five games. The rest of these teams are all way over. So you're just watching teams beat on each other that are way over the salary cap. And I think what you said, I honestly do not see Brooklyn losing this year. And if they can keep this team together, they won't lose Nick, not the East. No, I, I, you're gonna have to. You're whoever beats them is literally gonna have to put together a super team. Yeah, for sure. And that's, I think that's, that's the only way you gotta buy, <laughs> buy, buy. Exactly. And if you look at it right now, Brooklyn kind of did it at kind of an impressing time because if you look at all the superstars' contracts, there's not many up in the next one or two years. No, like so. With that, then you have to buy out contracts in order to get these guys. They really fucked a lot of teams. Like, <laughs> they pretty much, if, if you look at how they, like, you can't really hate on Brooklyn for doing this. It's kind of almost like magic how they're able to pull it off. But if you look at the rest of the league, they pretty much handcuffed the rest of the league. They're like, you guys are fucked. Like, yeah, that's pretty much how it is. It's like I, I've looked at this so many different angles, and I'm just like, I don't see it. I don't see it unfolding. Like, I, I'm a huge Raptors diehard fan. The Raptors don't have a goddamn chance in the East. Not no. one. Like they, they literally, well, they they gave away Larry pretty much. He's gone. So unless you get Lillard, then I like it. Then you kind of got. A little, it's still an uphill battle. Yeah, it's insane, buddy. I don't. Because, and then I don't even know if Lillard would want to go to the East. Like, yeah, he gets away from LeBron in the West and all that headache and shit, and it's less competitive. I feel like in the East, but then you have to go up against the three-headed monster, and then you have to go up against some bead and the fucking Greek freak more. And I, I don't know if he wants to do that. 
Yeah, I, for him, I, I, I'm not sure where he, he's going to go. Damian Lillard will not be, like, I do not see him, I guess, playing for the Trailblazers next year. So it'll but be somewhere he's going. In saying that, how many years has Dame been there? Oh, quite a like, long time. I feel like he is the face, like, he is the face there, you know? Yeah, but do you think they're close enough to win the West anytime soon? But the thing is, is, like, I, I'm just going to treat this almost like a football scenario. So, if you take Damian Lillard and Aaron Rodgers, okay? Aaron Rodgers didn't get anything surrounding him, and you look at the poor draft picks in which they made. I I feel like Portland has done the opposite of what Green Bay has done. They've put uh, C.J. McCullough. They went out and traded for uh, Powell. They, they've done things to try and make their team better. They brought in Carmelo for some veteran leadership. And fuck, Car- like Carmelo in Portland looks great. So, like, and they're they're a high offense like of team. They've kind of like branded the offense around Lillard's style of play, and brought in players that pretty much complement his style of play. And they made the team in in which like he it was just a run and shoot fucking team. So they pretty much formulated the team around him. In which Rogers, they really didn't. You know what I mean? So, oh, for with, sure. With that exactly. being said, it's like I I feel like Portland's tried and and they've they've added pieces. It's not like they've they've just they've got Lillard and just let him die on his own sword. Like they they've put stuff around him. So I I don't know if if Lillard's pissed like with management and stuff, or if he's upset with his own play. And like just some of his teammates like didn't perform and stuff for him. Like I, I'm not sure because if you look like what they've done, like I've said, they've tried. Yeah, and for him, I would I, I honestly um I think they've made the moves, but I don't think they're good enough. And when I look at the teams on the list for trade possibilities, and then I'm gonna do our sponsorship. Um Knicks, Clippers, Heat, Lakers, 76ers, Celtics. Those are the top six right now for odds on who to land him. An interesting one. They Sorry, say that again. Knicks, Clippers, Heat, Lakers, 76ers, Celtics. Those are the top six teams in rumors for Damian Lillard. If he goes to the <laughs> Lakers, I, I fucking boycott Lillard. I lost all respect for him. The other rumor that people will hate, absolutely hate, it's Golden State. They have all those draft picks from the Timberwolves. Top three protected pick in 2021, 2022. They could trade two first-round picks to them, have the Splash Brothers and Damian Lillard, then get Porzingis, and then all our Golden State fanboys are out of the closet again running around. That could happen. I could see that happening in the NBA because it's just spend and spend, baby. Damian Lillard, Curry, Clay, Draymond, and Porzingis – Nets might have a tough time with that. Except for the only if I'm if I'm Dallas and I get rid of Porzingis, I'm laughing straight to the fucking bank because there's a reason that Dallas did not play him in the late stages of that series. It's because he wasn't playing good. Even even in the regular season, this guy was coming off like injuries and stuff. He's injury prone. He's 
really awkward, and he doesn't hustle. Like, he's not, like, a two-way player. The guy is going to run his ass down the floor to get there. He's, he's kind of a lazy player. And I think that um, Dallas didn't really want to expose too many of his flaws. That's why he spent a lot of time on the bench, because they're going to try and dump him and get good value for him. And they're really going to be the winners of, of whoever they get rid of him for because his contract. And then you get rid of this useless seven foot giant. Yeah, he can shoot, but he's almost like a Paul George. He's predictable. He's not coming every game and you're not going to get the same outcome every game. So if he goes, and I don't, I don't know if, uh, um, Golden State will take that risk on him just because he is kind of unpredictable and you don't know what you're going to get with him. Yeah, I don't know. I think Golden State's going to make moves this offseason, though, because they have not been up to the standard. But in moving to that, I do agree with Porzingis. I don't know if he's going to be that fit. Now, doing but, it- Okay, time out. With Golden State, though, um, they, they also have had injury issues. What's his name? Um, Clay Thompson. He was out all season again. So... Like, does he come back next season? Is that the plan with him? Yeah, I believe so. And Damian Lillard is from Oakland and was a Golden State Warriors fan when he grew up. So that's a touch on that oh. could happen. But, okay, how would that work then, though? Because you would have Curry, Lillard, um, you would Clay. have Clay, and then you would have Draymond, and then let's say Przingis. Who's playing where? <laughs> Yeah, it'll be, you know, be you, you would have three point guards on the floor at a time. Oh, it'd be insane. You could just do some crazy shit. But I, I don't I don't even think that's gonna happen to be honest. Steve Kerr would be losing his mind. Fuck. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'd be freaking nuts. But I'm gonna touch on our sponsorship. So it's Fit Code Conditioning online app. They are doing fitness plans. They also now are officially taking in-person clients in their studio if you are in the Edmonton area. If you are looking for the online app, it is $50 a month. Programs are sent to you. You get as many workouts a week as you want, up to six. Then from there, you have workouts that are cardio. You can It programs it. It pairs with your Fitbit. It pairs with your um, Apple Watch. It also, you are going to get some weight resistance exercises. That being, you can either use body weight or whatever equipment you have at home or what gym you have access to. If you are interested, please go to Fit Code Conditioning on Facebook. Send them a message. They are always quick to respond and they are willing to give you some advice. In-person sessions as well, he wanted to let everybody know is... First one is free to get an assessment. So if you are looking for an in-person trainer, that is a good plan of action. Online, $50 a month. Now, switching our, uh, we're going to do a real quick NHL wrap-up. There hasn't been much. If you need to listen to that, go back to Wednesday. Then we're going to do a quick football talk. Football talk will be on Monday as well as we kick off the week. This is your kickoff into the weekend. The only matchup we are unsure of at this point, because this was recorded Thursday, is we are looking at the Vegas, Colorado. What's going to happen there? And what do you think, personality? Who wins tonight? I think Vegas. I think this is going seven. Do you think Colorado is going to win? Yeah. Yeah, I think. I think. Well, I, I think I think it's going to go seven. And then if it goes seven, game seven will be in Colorado, correct? Yeah. 
I think Colorado pulls it off in Colorado. I think Colorado's going to win tonight as well. That was my pick. I think Going they just got slapped in the mouth pretty much last game. Oh, when you're three to two and you lose in overtime, that's a tough one. It'll be how Colorado bounces back, I think. To update all our fans, I have done the points so far of series that are finished. We have seen 11 series wrap up so far. I am seven for 11. Personality is five for 11. So far in the All right. we we there's been some crazy stuff. What killed us early was that North Division. Do you what have you seen going forward? Quick one. We only need to talk on this, I think, personality for about like two, three minutes. Of the teams left, Tampa Bay, I love. They're hot. They're a great team. I think Colorado or Vegas are going to be tough. My question to you, and I think the viewers, is do the Islanders have a better chance of beating Tampa? Or does Montreal have a better chance of beating Colorado and Vegas? You go first. Who do you think? So, do the Islanders have a better chance of beating who, sorry? Tampa Bay, or does Montreal have a better chance of beating Colorado or Vegas? Colorado has a better chance of beating uh, Vegas or Colorado. Montreal does? Yeah, yeah, Montreal. Montreal, you think, does? Yes. Just because of our conversation we had the other day, uh, Carey Price, and he's a showstopper right now. Yeah. And you just look. Um, so I refer to teams as blue collar teams sometimes. And when I refer to blue collar teams, I refer to them as like smash mouth teams, gritty teams, teams that aren't scared to like, they're not scared of diversity and they're not scared of what people are saying. They're not scared to get down and dirty and, and hit you. Uh, they'll play smash mouth hockey if they have to. And that's what the Montreal Canadiens pretty much bred to do. They'll beat you up on the boards and they'll behind you. And you've seen a lot of teams that don't like hitting and they, they like to pussyfoot around the ice. And they're the ones that are getting eliminated. And, and this is what hockey playoffs comes down to. And if you look at the St. Louis Blues a couple of years ago when they won, they their roster wasn't really that impressive, but what what it comes down to in hockey, and this is what you touched on earlier, and I don't think you, you really saw it, was in hockey, underdog teams can win just because of the fan presence that they give off. The, like the momentum and the shift that can happen at any given time, even a big hit can send that place into an uproar. And if you look at a place like St. Louis, that place was sold out and it was loud as hell every game. Like, and that was a shifter, I think. So if you look at it going forward, I don't know what they're going to do for capacity with COVID and stuff, but Montreal is one of those arenas that, like, okay, like the Islanders haven't been to the big dance in a long time and shit like that, but I look at Montreal's stadium to be loud as fuck. Yeah, I think, well, and the Islanders was popping. Like Islanders was popping last night. Like the I, I this is a tough one because I think for hockey, the best thing that could happen, and this is just my personal opinion, I'm gonna go out on a limb, is a Montreal New York Islanders Stanley Cup. Oh that'd be the best because we got Lou Lamorell, the old devils, running the Islanders, and the Islanders, the scary part for Tampa Bay is they this is where we this is going to be the tough one. These teams have not played each other once. So we have no idea. Tampa Bay looks amazing. Tampa Bay is beaten up on that entire uh, South Division. Can they have, the, the, the one thing that is make and I think we'll release our picks probably Monday. 
is it's hard to know where do you like the Islanders have gone through Boston and Pittsburgh. They have not had an easy road. This could be a team that I, I have. A, let's put it this way. I don't see Tampa Bay and I do not see Colorado or Vegas going through the Islanders or Montreal in six there are five games. It's going to be six or seven. These series is. And I, I think that's, I think you just hit the nail on the head there too. <laughs> Because I don't see it. I don't see it being run throughs in the next. No. And that's, I think we'll touch on that again. A quick one, maybe Wednesday next week. Our picks right now, though, just because that one is done. And then we'll switch to football, do a quick one and interlude into the weekend. Islanders or Tampa? Who do you want to go with? Uh, I want Tampa. You want Tampa. Okay. I am going to go. Oh, this is tough. How much am I up? Can I afford to go crazy? <laughs> I think you're seven for eleven. Yeah, yeah, and you're five. Oh, this is tough. Do I go? I like on? rolling. I like rolling the dice. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> Tom would be proud of me right now. <laughs> Tampa Bay. Uh, can I go Tampa or do I go Islanders? This is tough. I think I gotta go Tampa too. I'm gonna go Tampa. I don't think like I I just look at Tampa's team, and offensively they are so fucking stacked. Yeah, I, I don't, like it's filthy how stacked they are. And then we'll make our pick hey for next week on the other. I agree completely. Now you personality, we're gonna have a quick little five minute one here, and then we are gonna have a big one on Monday talking football. You are gonna say on Julio Tannehill football yeah. quick talk. Let's go. So. Buddy. Yeah, all these quarterbacks and stuff in the league that are bitching and moaning about, oh, we're not, we're not winning, and they're not bringing players to us. A big reason why uh, the Tennessee Titans were able to land Julio Jones is because Tannehill is showing his veteran like leadership by taking a fifteen million dollar pay cut to bring Julio over. Like, I, I don't see. God, has Aaron Rodgers ever taken a pay cut? No. Like Tom Brady has, Aaron, or uh, Patrick Mahomes has, but like if you look at some of the other big names out there, there's a lot of selfishness going on in the league, and this is a very unselfish play. You want to be able to get good players, take less money. It's like if and if you you can't say they're building a super team. Well, they like with player wise, yeah, they might be, but the thing is, is the, they're under the salary cap, so everyone on their team is playing along together, so. It's like a movement. It's not really like a team decision as, as a person. And this is what it, it comes down to. It comes, it comes down to less about the money and more about the will to want to win. And if you, you have to credit uh, Tannehill for this. He is a competitor at heart. The kid obviously wants to win and he doesn't want to sit back and, and watch the rest of the league dance around them. And with like, they have a sound running back. They have a sound O line. They have a sound, uh, quarterback now, their receiving game just got filthy. Their defense might be their their biggest blemish. I see their special teams being good, but their defense, like it's not it's not horrible, it's not great. But if if you want to be an elite player and you want to be uh, like a, a showstopper, you got to be able to take less. And I think that's what these guys are are starting to realize. 
you see some of these guys that are out there selfish and they just want all the money to themselves. The, a move like this would never happen in the NBA unless it was it, when uh, the Heat created that super team and Dwayne Wade took less. I do remember that. But Dwayne Wade, a very unselfish player. If you look at the rest of the players in the league, there's not many players like Dwayne Wade left. So No, there's none, hardly. Yeah, and the NBA is, and the, like you were saying earlier in the show, it's kind of a joke for that. It's every every man for himself almost, you know what I mean? And yeah. in the, and the NFL, they're really showing that it's like, nope, like we can, and in the NHL at times, we've seen players renegotiate contracts to bring in all-stars. So, like, this is just a hats-off move to Tannehill. He's a young quarterback, and to be able, like, to actually willingly do this is huge, like huge. So like, and like you look at teams like uh, the Dolphins, would Tua have renegotiated his contract? Hell no. The guy is so conceited, it's not even funny. So th- honestly, that's probably the, one of the reasons why he didn't go to Miami. Yeah, and you, so you think, yeah, I well, Tua is still on his rookie deal, right? Okay, yeah, 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 but then. Okay, so then let's be real though. So when Tua comes off his rookie deal, he's he's going for a big fucking contract. Oh yeah, he'll get paid. I I agree. Yeah, I think, but... for, I think for Julio, he went to exactly kind of where we and I think we're gonna debate this again Monday too. So I want you to but yeah, no, I think Julio went exactly where he should have went. Best team, best fit for him. But yeah, for him. You want to close out the show there, buddy. Whatever you want to say, this was your segment. This was all about because you came up with it. He researched this people. He put the work in. He found <laughs> out that Tannehill, that was his segment. That is, he earned that one big time. Yeah, well, it was just, it was something to me because I, I just look at like all these players in the league that are bitching and moaning about not being able to like get it done and stuff like that. And then, okay, like even in Green Bay's situation. Yes, some a lot of the the issue right now is on management and not drafting properly. But has Aaron Rodgers once ever gone to management and said, "I'll take less to bring this guy here"? No, not once. No. So it's like everyone in Green Bay just needs to stop bitching. And at the end of the day, yeah, Aaron Rodgers might be a competitor, but he's really showed that he looks after himself over his team and that's at the end of the day I, I get you have to look after you and yours but if <laughs> at the end of the day it's how many rings do you have to be considered the best right and Tom Brady is proving time and time again why he is literally like leap years beyond everybody in the conversation because, I because of what he's done it's yeah. like hats off to Tom and, I and, agree. That, and that I think that's where I'm going to end today's show is like, yeah, I, I just commend um, some of the unselfishness going on in the NFL. I, I, I love it. I love it. I think it builds for a good game and it builds for a strong locker room because it, it's team building at its finest. If you see an all-star in your team take less to, to make your better, it shows that he actually cares. So when you get up in the morning before you come to the come to the training facility and stuff, you know you got to bring it because there's guys in this locker room that really give a fuck. They turn down $15 million to make this team better. So when, when you're coming to practice, keep your fucking head on a swivel. And, the, and I think that's like the, that's the best way 
for the NFL to go about things. And it, it's it's great for the game. It's great. Yeah, I completely agree. So, you so with, that out, buddy? with that being said, folks, uh, I hope everyone's having a great week. Uh, this drops on Friday, so I hope everyone has a safe uh, weekend. Don't drink too much. And I uh, hope you guys get your sports picks in and uh, have fun, y'all. Talk to you soon.